Hello there, everyone. Welcome to Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the videocast where we teach you how to make money while traveling the world, but also how to make your travel dreams come true from the before to the after. And I remember about two years ago when we were back in Kirby Canada, hometown, we were just dreaming of traveling. And here we are a year and a half later. And at the time of this interview, I'm actually here in Taiwan in the east side in Hualin and can't believe that we've been able to make our travel dreams come true. I had no idea I'd be doing podcast interviews in the midst of a hostel here in uh, Taiwan with uh, you know Woody here next to me. So what are the chances? What are the chances? But uh, you know, what one of the things we like to do on a podcast, we've done about 450 episodes so far, is we want to feature guests who have just dreamt to traveling, then people are already traveling, and uh, people who have traveled and then they've come back home. And um, on our show here today, we have a very unique episode because I had the chance to interview a guest uh, almost a year ago, actually. And uh, this was before she started on her big travel adventure. And then uh, eight months later, she finished her trip and she's back in Canada. And uh, we're going to be finding out about the after. And I'll have the link to the before episode so you'll kind of see all the foreshadowing, the precursors, the planning stage, and now you'll see kind of the results of that planning. So our guest today is Mary, and she's the founder of uh, Mary About Town, and she just did an amazing trip with her son across Canada and the US, and she was traveling from September of 2017 to April of 2018. So Mary, uh, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Good. How are you? I'm excellent. I'm excellent. I'm looking forward to unpacking your story. Uh, so for people who missed the first episode, uh, we want to get to know you a little bit better. Maybe just do a quick introduction and share a little bit about yourself, your family, and your blog. Okay. So my name's Mary, and I live in Calgary. I'm actually American um, originally, but I've been in Canada for 14 years. And I've always kind of had the travel bug and gave it to my son, who's 11. He just turned 11. And we've always kind of wanted to go and travel, kind of like you're doing. But my husband really loves his job, so he didn't want to do that. So we decided to go on a trip to the US because that allowed us to go, but to be close enough that my husband could stay at home but come and visit every once in a while. So we did that across the school year um, and now we're home. So that's kind of it in a nutshell. <laughs> you made it sound so easy, Mary. You made it sound I so know. easy. And I know, <laughs> um, you know, as a fellow traveler, there are so many fears. There's self-doubts, there's insecurities, they're like, what the heck am I doing? Am I making a mistake? Mm -hmm. This is the worst possible decision in the history of parenting decisions. But then when you, when you end up doing it, you're just like, this is the best, this was one of the best decisions in the history of parenting decisions. So tell us a little yep. bit about your um, leading up uh, to your trip in terms of the planning, um, you know, in terms of the self-doubt and kind of that inner, inner battle you faced, and then actually setting out and doing the trip. Tell us about those stages pre-trip. Okay, so um, we actually bought a travel trailer and I pulled it with my car that we already had. So that right there was a big cause of anxiety for me because I've never really pulled a trailer before. I mean, and the idea of pulling it's not the problem, it's the backing it up into small spaces that is the problem because that, that's a lot of stuff that can go wrong, right? So before we left, um, we have a place at the lake and that's where we kept the trailer. So we hooked it up and went and like practiced backing up and it was awful. Like I was so terrible and I finally figured out that my personality, I need to have to do it in a situation, not like the practicing because 
I knew that I wasn't going to hit anything. We were in a drive, like we were in a parking lot. So I kind of just went, you know what? Forget it. I'm just going to do it. I'm going to learn going in. So I did. Um, it was, you know what? It ended up being fine. But that was like my biggest fear when we left was is that I was going to run into something with our trailer. So that was a big thing. Um, I also, I'm a planner. Like for, so when we go on vacations, I want to know, like, we're going to be two days in Hanoi and we're going to be two days in here and we're going to do this and this, and this is how we're going to get from point A to point B. Well, I figured out early on that when you're doing a big trip like this, it's kind of hard to do that. And if you make yourself do that, you're going to miss out on things because what if you thought you were really going to like this place? but really don't, or the campground's crappy, or there's nothing to do, or stuff is closed. If you've really like shoehorned yourself into a hard schedule, then you can't change it. So I thought about doing that, and I did a little bit of that at the first, but then I kind of just threw it all away at the end because like we went to White Sands, and my son loved it. We had only planned to stay one day. He wanted to stay longer, so we stayed two days. We went to New Orleans. I'd plan on staying two days, and we ended up staying five. I mean, it just, it kind of, I figured out that you can plan, and you should plan some things, but when you're going on a big trip, you have to be flexible, or you're going to miss out on some of the most amazing parts of your trip. Did that kind of answer your question? <laughs> I yeah, I totally want to reiterate what you just said. Uh, you know, uh, you might be a planner or you might be an impromptu kind of person, but uh, uh, at the end of the day, you gotta have some degree of spontaneity and you gotta adjust because uh, things are gonna change on the road. When you're talking to people, you'll hear about a place that you hadn't uh, planned to see. So if you're so exactly. rigid and you booked everything, you're gonna miss out on some amazing opportunities. And sometimes mm -hmm. you might want to change your um, your style. You might have booked like super fast travel. But then you might feel yourself getting burnt out and needing a rest and you need to have that flexibility and the malleability to just take a break and not do any sightseeing and not do any tra travel and just um, have a rest and maybe watch some Netflix or go to a local movie cinema and that's super healthy in the midst of your travel. So um, you yes. did a lot of planning. Then obviously you, you uh, improvised as you went. But tell us about um, um, you know getting out on the road and actually making your dream come true. How was that like the first few days? Was it kind of like this, oh my God, we've done it? Or was it just kind of like, okay, we're doing it. We got a plan day one, day two, three, three, week one, week two. Tell us about how it was like to pull out of your driveway and actually set forth into the great wilderness. It was really cool because again, I'd been thinking about it and it'd been in my head for all these months. And to actually leave, it was kind of like, we looked at each other and was like, what have we done? But um we visited a couple of places in Canada first. So we went to Reading on Stone Provincial Park, which is really cool. And I got to take some really cool pictures of my trailer, like with these huge vistas behind it. And we, we just did, it was kind of like, this is going to be really awesome. And as we traveled down, the only thing is we left in September and last year, um, winter came really fast, kind of to the northwest of uh, the U.S. So we were kind of trying to avoid winter, but they also had all the wildfires in California. So we were avoiding the wildfires and we were avoiding the, so there was a bit at the beginning of, okay, we're just not gonna, like Montana's beautiful, but we've kind of been there before. So we're just gonna keep going because we wanna avoid the wildfires, but we don't wanna get snowed on and we don't wanna do this and we don't wanna do that. So some of the, oh, we've made it, was kind of overshadowed by the fact that we were running from all these things, right? 
So our first big stop was at Yellowstone, which is, I've never been, but as an American, like that's the icon national park, right? And uh, it snowed on us. <laughs> so we totally got snowed on. But uh, it was really cool and it was freezing, but we got to see all, like we saw buffalo and we saw bears and we saw all the stuff and the geyser. And so it was kind of, it was a great first stop because it, was kind of the epitome of what we were wanting to see, right? It was all the big things that when you hear Yellowstone that you think of, we saw all of those. And so, and then we kind of just went straight down and we hit all the national parks and we were pretty fast and we were doing all these things and we were busy, 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 busy. And we moved every two days. And then I thought I was going to die because it was so fast and we got so tired. And because setting up a trailer and taking it down is actually a lot of work and we were doing it every one to two days. So there wasn't really time to settle in and people were asking us, you know, did you meet people? And I'm like, well, kind of like we met a few people, but we didn't meet a ton of people because we were moving too fast. Like they, we were leaving them in our wake. So that first part was really cool, but it was really hard. Um, the sightseeing stuff was great, but we were pretty exhausted by that. So it was, um, I'm glad we did all of that. But then as we moved on, we really slowed down. We did a lot of stuff different than I had planned on. Um, because the first, I would say first half, we did really fast travel. And then after that, we went to Florida and stayed for three months. <laughs> And then, and then when we came home, we just drove straight home because we planned on this whole big cross America thing. But I found that the logistics of finding a, um, a campground that would fit our needs was a whole lot harder than I had thought it was going to be. And especially in the winter, because, um, they're not all open in the winter and places it's cold and our trailer wasn't really meant for cold and there's not a lot you can do. And, and our trailer was really tiny. So it wasn't really something you wanted to spend 12 hours in with nowhere to go because <laughs> there's no doors. There's like, it was, it's seven feet wide and um, 16 feet long, but two of that was like the tongue. So it's like actually seven feet by 14 feet. So you can imagine like this is smaller than most bedrooms. And that was where we lived for eight months. So, yeah. <laughs> incredible, incredible. Uh, so tell us about those eight months in terms of um, some of the highlights. Uh, obviously, you have like uh, dozens and dozens of stories and memories and kind of like uh, experiences that are going to last you for a lifetime and beyond. But what would you say are maybe some of your top ones? What has left a really lasting impression on your soul and spirit? Yellowstone was a big one because it was just... I don't know, because growing up in, in Alabama, um, I was from the U.S., and, but I didn't travel a ton. Like, I'd traveled some, but I didn't, had never seen, like, the, the big, wide plains of, of the U.S. or whatever. So that was really cool. Like, that was a lot of iconic things for me. Um, that was my big highlight. Uh, Evans, we got to swim with manatees in Florida, and that was his absolute favorite. It's kind of one of those things, like, um, we don't do a lot of stuff with animals, but in Florida, you swim with them, and they're actually wild in the river. Like, they're not, it's not like you're going, and they're in a cage, and they can't escape. It's like, you just kind of swim in the river, and they're there, too. 
So it's kind of different. And uh, we got to do that a few times. And that was his very favorite thing because he had to learn all the facts about manatees. If you ever meet him, you should ask him about manatees. And then an hour later, you'll escape. But because uh, he knows all the things. But that was our that was one of our really big things that we did because it was just super cool and something that you can't do in Canada, right? There are no manatees in Canada. So it was a, that was a big thing for him. Awesome. Thanks for sharing both uh, your perspective and his perspective. Uh, mm -hmm. One of the other things I like to cover on our show is the struggles, the challenges, the difficulties, because usually on social media, you see all the good stuff. You'll see the happy faces, oh, the, the incredible landscapes, and you won't hear about those challenges on the road. And I'm sure you had a lot in your eight months. Mm -hmm. So what would you say were your top difficulties and challenges and um, issues that came up that weren't expected? Um... I bought a trailer based on cuteness, not based on what we needed. That was the biggest, <laughs> that was the overarching problem in our entire trip <laughs> because it was tiny and like your bed is here and then your stove is here and there's a tiny little bathroom and like it is this big. So I found that preparing meals was very hard because like you didn't want to cook stuff because then everything smelled like the cooking. And then, so I tried to cook outside, but sometimes it was snowing or it was whatever. And so we ate out way more than I thought we would. Um, the fast travel meant that I was setting up and taking down and I was by myself. So that was, that was hard. Um, not ever having alone time was hard because, you know, if you have two parents and one kid or multiple kids, like one parent can take, the kids and the other parent can go like do something right and, and it doesn't have to be anything big it can just be like going to the store um but that alone time recharge time is so important and i didn't get any for eight months like it was we were all up in each other's grill for eight months so my husband laughs he goes yeah i knew like if it was three o'clock and i was getting a call there was a fight going on in the trailer call <laughs> <laughs> and try to get him to help right and um, so that was our biggest struggle, I think. Uh, also, I found, you and I talked about it on the last one, is internet was a really big question mark. Like, I had gotten um, a roaming SIM card with data, but there's just so many places. Like, people think of the U.S. as this big, um, really populated country, which it is. But really, it's big cities with vast amounts of rural in between those big cities. And you don't really get a good feeling of that until you've traveled like on the roads. Cause you can fly from like New York to Chicago and to LA to Houston and think that that's what the whole US looks like, but it's not. There's vast, vastness in between. And that vastness has no Wi-Fi <laughs> or cell signal. Like there's nothing. And so that was really hard um, from a teaching perspective for the homeschooling, from a work perspective for me, and just from a, um, a safety and security aspect. My husband ended up like we were three days on the road and he, he was like, you need to go to Best Buy and buy like the spot. I don't know if you've seen them. And because he was freaked out because he didn't know where we were and he had no way of getting a hold of us. And he had, he was afraid that we had no way of, like calling for help if something happened. 
So we bought one of those and it really helped for peace of mind um, because it has a little like button that you can SOS and it calls like authorities or whatever. So um, those were all some things that we kind of didn't really realize were going to be a problem, but then were a problem. Um, yeah, my son would be say the biggest problem was that he had to spend all eight months with me, 24 hours. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I mean, it was, it was an amazing trip and I'm really glad we did it, but I would say that a lot of it was harder than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, thanks for sharing so openly because obviously if you're traveling alone with just a child, it's quite difficult unless you can get babysitters or if you have friends along the way that can give you a quick break or, uh, you know, you take them into a spa and you just say, hey, spa staff, can you take care of my son while I get a pedicure, a manicure and just a massage because it's definitely <laughs> necessary to have that alone me time to really recharge your own batteries. So thanks for sharing uh, about kind of those uh, difficulties as well. Uh, I have a question too about what would you have done differently? I know obviously the trailer, uh, that's given, but besides the trailer, what <laughs> other things would you do differently had you to do this trip again or in your future trips? What are you going to do in the future that would be different than this particular trip? Hmm. I, if I were to do this again, I would want to do where I was traveling to different places and staying in like houses or hostels or hotels or something like that. I think that that would really take a lot of the load that I felt off of doing it. Um, and I would probably do more slow travel. So I could, I would really, this trip, it made me not want to do this trip again, but it didn't make me want to not travel long term again. It just made me want to do it differently. Um, because I feel like if I got to go to say this place and stay in a homestay or whatever for three weeks and then move to another one and stay, like I think that would be a lot better because you would get to meet more people and you would get to establish a routine and you would get to, because you know, you mentioned having babysitters or whatever, you know, when you're in a place that you've been for 13 hours, you're not going to just go up and say, Hey, can you babysit my kid? Like mm -hmm. my son's old enough, but it's still like, there's not that you don't feel that sense of community. Whereas if you stay a little bit longer, then that's something you might be able to do. It's just, it, you need that longer time. And I also felt like, like when we've gone to Asia, we've always had that one or two things that we've met these specific people. And that I can say, you know, my most rewarding part of that trip is because I met this lady who didn't speak English, but she formed this bond with us because of da, 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 da. we got that when we stopped and stayed in Florida for three months, we made some of those connections, but that first half of our trip, we didn't make those connections because we weren't anywhere long enough. I mean, it just wasn't, we just weren't. So, yeah. Um, so those are the things I would change, I think. Yeah, some great, great um, re reflections there, Marie. Uh, one of the things uh, I, like, I love to know when I talk to bloggers is about documentation because this is dichotomy. Uh, part of us who are bloggers and uh, uh, social media influencers, we want to document everything. We want to do Facebook Lives and Instagram Lives and IGTV and we want to do YouTube and we want to document every single moment. And I know at least I do. 
Um, and I always struggle with the dichotomy. My wife gets actually angry at me. She's like, why can't you just enjoy the moment, Ricky? Why can't you just enjoy the moment? And there are times when I do actually enjoy the moment and I put down my phone and I forget about social media and I just focus on enjoying the experience. So tell us about how did you document your trip? Because obviously you are a blogger and you do want to create those memories and, um, you know, uh, um, a place to look back, back on for yourself, but also for your son when he's older. He'll be like, what? We were traveling around for eight months? And then he'll be able to read about it. So tell us about what did you do in terms of documentation during the trip, but also post-trip? I did a lot less than I thought I was going to. Um, because I didn't have Wi-Fi, it was really hard because, as you know, like you can't just stick pictures up and go because even if you take them on your phone, they're huge and it'll like your site won't run and all this stuff. But running any kind of online because everything is online now, right? Like you don't generally you don't um, fix your pictures on something that's on your computer. It's online. Even if you use Photoshop, it's online, right? And so it was really hard and I tried, but it was like, I'd be sitting in a campground and they would have terrible Wi-Fi, and I'm fighting with the pictures and six hours later, I've got three pictures done and I'm like, Grr. so basically I stopped <laughs> and I did lots of social media. Um, so always updating on that, but my blog, I ended up writing these posts of like what we did this week and putting like a few pictures in with all the intentions of going back and doing more. And I haven't really done it. Like I keep telling myself, I'm like, I've got to write those posts, but it's hard, especially when you're back. But I do think that because it was so hard, I was more in the moment because I kind of knew that I might not write about it. And we did a lot of stuff that was kind of off the cuff and not necessarily for blogging. Cause I find that too, is when you're a blogger, sometimes you really want to do something, but you don't do it because you think not enough other people will want to do it. And it's not like it doesn't fit into that thing that you think Like you're always thinking the ang story angle, right? Like the best clam chowder in wherever. Well, do normal people go and try 17 clam chowders? No. Does your, do you really want to do that? Probably not. But if you're thinking in the angle, you're thinking, well, that's what I need to do. So you miss out on all this other stuff because you tried 17 things of clam chowder. And so I kind of just didn't do that. And it worked out. And I think the other thing is, is I had a lot of plans of pitching um, travel stories to the local uh, DMOs and things and getting a lot more comps so that I could see all these places. But what I figured out on our trip, bloggers will be interested in this, nobody else will, but um, is I figured out is they want to know weeks ahead of time that you're going to be there or months, right? And that kind of fed into my how am I going to, okay, so if I'm here mm -hmm. and I want to stay four more days, then how am I going to still get to that place by that day? And that, so we did very little uh, sponsored travel. We actually did, um, the manatees were part of a sponsored kind of thing in that area. And that was really the only one we did. It worked out really well, but all the rest of it, it was too hard. I just kind of threw my hands up and said, I'm not doing this because it's impacting how we're traveling and I don't really care that much. Like I'm willing to pay for it if I want to do it. So that's what we ended up doing and it worked out 
really well for us to do it that way instead of, you know, kind of trying, but I still blogged. Um, my blog is a lifestyle blog. So there's lots of travel, but there's also recipes. Um, so I kept on doing those. I worked on some sponsored posts that were not around travel and I figured out how to work those in. It was, I will tell you this, it was kind of a funny story. Um, because like, with recipes, it's supposed to be this perfect setup and it's got to have the perfect light and all this in a tiny trailer. That is hard. Like there is no perfect nothing. So I did this thing and I made this pie and I was, you know, it's outside and we're in Florida and the sun is like beaming down because there is no like partial sun in Florida. It is all the beam. And so I've got it on the picnic table, which is all rough and everything. And I'm like, Oh, look, this looks like my backdrop. So I'm trying to figure it out, but still nowhere that I can get it is there's these harsh shadows because it's so bright. So I bought this cheesecloth and I got my son to stand on the side of the picnic table and like hold it over like a light. (laughs) So I got the work done, right? Like it was just, it was all about backing up and, understanding that there are ways that you can do this. It's just not going to look like it would at home. So we got a lot of stuff done and and the work got done and I made money on the road, but it wasn't how I thought it was going to be. Um, but you know, it's, it's like the, the travel though, if you're, if you're willing to keep doing it and figure it out, you totally can figure it out, but you have to be willing to let go of your preconceived notions of what it's going to look like. Yeah, and it's a very interesting just to hear kind of like what your projections were before the trip and now kind of like and now that you've done it, kind of post-analysis, uh, how it was so different. You thought you would be blogging more. You thought you would get more sponsored, uh, you know, freebies on the road. And you decided, hey, I don't need to, you know, I don't have the time to reach out in advance and you don't want to maybe go through all the effort of reaching out and then writing and then uh, posting in time, meeting your deadlines, et cetera. Sometimes it's just better just to pay out of pocket and not worry about documentation at all. So I can totally relate, totally especially if the cost kind of cost benefits benefit analysis is low enough then just pay for it. Uh, definitely mm-hmm. right there. And uh, you know, even you mentioned about the story angles, that's something I am so guilty of here. I'm in Taiwan. It's one of the big uh, food capitals of the world. The night market mm-hmm. scene is off the roof. And in Taipei, I wanted to visit every single night market. And my wife's like, why do we need to see like all 15 of them? Can't we just see three? They're all the same. They're just food stalls. Yeah. And I'm just like, no, there's no other bloggers who have went to all of them. And uh, I actually went to 13. So when we get back to Taipei, I'll do the last two just so. I can, <laughs> The, a video and a blog post with every single night market in Taipei because I know it'll be great for Google, great for searching yeah. angle, search rankings. And of course, it's my unique uh, way of telling the story, right? People were mm-hmm. writing about the top three night markets or the top three food items, but I was like, no one else has done all of them, so let's be that person. So yeah, there's definitely a challenge there. So I'm glad you're sharing all of these uh, perspectives with us uh, here, Mary. So I'm curious to know, you're back in your hometown now, and you're probably going to hit the road again. Uh, I'm not sure if it'll be the same kind of travel, or it'll be just a little uh, more luxurious, maybe all-inclusive in Cancun or in one of the (laughs) Caribbean islands, just so you can have fun and not worry about the logistics of camping and the trailer and cooking and all that kind of stuff. Tell us about what the future holds in terms of travels this year into 2019, 2020, and beyond. Where is the road going to take you? Well, it's funny. Um, 
one thing that has changed for us that's not really travel related, but we, um, so we live in Calgary, like my, our house is in Calgary, but we also have a place at the lake and it's about two hours from Calgary. Well, we've decided that my son and I will move to the lake and stay there this year. And um, it's a smaller farming community and it has a really small school, which I think is a nice segue from homeschooling to going back instead of you know throwing him back into like a 30 person uh class this one it'll be quite a bit smaller so we're going to do that so that's kind of a change for us it's kind of travel but without traveling if that makes sense um because we're still my husband will be in calgary he'll be here on weekends um it's a whole new kind of like we know people in the neighborhood but we've never lived here full time so we have some you know to keep the change going and we're trying to also, it's, it's more in central Alberta. So we're branching out and exploring kind of at home and figuring out new places because we've never really traveled uh, in the northern part of Alberta. So we're doing some of that and we're already planning our trip. I think we're going to try to go to Bali in 2019. I think 2018 is just kind of um, too packed. Uh, we do have, I think my husband has a, a conference in San Antonio so we may do that depending on if we can it's hard like the school schedule is hard to make the travel work right but uh, definitely Bali we will make happen in 2019 and then after that we haven't really decided I don't know we'll see it's harder though because my son's 11 he's turning into a tween and he's gonna start being in high school and it's harder to travel with kids once they're um, in the upper grades because their teachers don't really like them to be out during the school year and uh, we'll see we'll figure it out we always do but uh, we're still talking about I keep telling my husband I'm like well if you're gonna keep working then that means you get to retire sooner right so where are we gonna live when we retire <laughs> so I'm always planning ahead but we'll see uh, we don't have any firm plans but um, a funny story my, we were coming back from Florida. We drove straight through. It took us like five days. And we got stuck in Alberta, actually, because of a windstorm. You can't drive a trailer in a windstorm. So we pulled over to the side of the road, and we had to wait on the side of the road for like four and a half hours. And my husband calls me, and he's like, hey, so um, do you have any pictures of your trailer? Because I'm going to put it on Auto Trader. I'm like, we're not even home yet. So he puts it on Auto Trader. He sells it in four hours. He had sold it before we even got home. So we like, we're sitting on the side of the road. He sold my trailer. I'm driving home. We pull up. It's like 9.30 at night because we were way later than we thought we were going to be. And he's like, pull it up to the door. We're going to start unloading it. I'm like, I've been driving for five days. I'm not unloading the trailer. So anyway, the day after I got back, because I said no for that night, but we did it later, or the next day we did it. So the next day we were cleaning out the trailer and scrubbing the floors and all of this. The guy came and got it, took it, it was gone. So there will be no more trailer travel. <laughs> that is one thing I can tell you, because um, it's gone. <laughs> it was sold. And uh, so we'll see uh, what we'll do. I don't know that we're, we're doing the all-inclusive route anymore, but uh, you never know. I know. I'm always open to anything. 
Yeah, and as you put it so eloquently, I think travel uh, can take on many different shapes and forms. It could be just uh, moving uh, to a different part of your province, to a different city, a different town, a different type of living, um, you know, uh, going on the road, going overseas, doing faster travel, slower travel, um, you know, traveling with just you and your son and then maybe just you and your husband in the future and leave, the, leave your son with uh, grandparents or uh, friends and uh, <laughs> sometimes you're traveling as a whole family unit and uh, you, you're doing cruising and all inclusive sometimes and RVing sometimes and who knows what the future will hold there so I'm, yeah I'm glad that you're going to be taking this new adventure on in terms of living near the lake now as opposed to mm -hmm. the big city so curious to know how that will unfold so in closing Mary um, one of the reasons we do all these interviews is to inspire others to travel and uh, to share the reality of the travel lifestyle not just the good and you've done a great job of uh, kind of pointing out both the good and the bad on your trip but I want to know um, what tips or advice would you give to someone who's maybe in your situation who wants to travel and they might have a very similar situation to you where the husband's working and they have the freedom and they're like I can't do this alone without my husband but you managed to do it and uh, you know you're you've lived to tell the story um, so what advice or tips would you give to that mom that dad that person who wants to travel but they have all these barriers or they have feeling overwhelmed or confused and just don't know where to start I would say just to do it I mean It'll probably look different than you think it will in your head, even either good or bad, right? And and in the moment, sometimes it's really frustrating and you feel like you're a failure as a parent or it's not as cool as you think it would be. But then looking back, you realize that it was still, even the good, the bad, whatever, it's still one of the most epic adventures you ever took and totally worth it. So I think that's my thing is just do it. And I was also going to say when you were talking about the different types of travel, don't put your life on hold because you can't get your head wrapped around how to do this thing. Start little, go do something like look at your state or province and find somewhere that you haven't seen before and go do that and make it a little trip and see how that goes and then figure out what your problems were in that little trip and then figure out how for a big trip you would get around those or you would fix those or, you know, whether it's taking like for me, um, driving the trailer, I didn't do it, but some friends of mine have, AMA has a, a class that you can take on pulling a trailer and backing it in and all those things. There are ways with the internet and with local services and friends you know, there are ways to get around almost every obstacle that your brain can throw at you for travel, both local and away. You just have to take the time to say, Put it in Google because I guarantee you there is not one thing that you are worried about that somebody else hasn't worried about. And I guarantee you there's people like me that probably put it on the internet how you get around it. <laughs> so if you go and look, like you can get past all those things and it's totally worth it to go short travel, long travel, whatever you do, just travel because in the world we have today and the things you see on the news and all of this, the one thing that I find is, is that the people who have traveled extensively, they can see through all of that mess that's being thrown at us because we know that people are people are people and we all may, you know, worship a different God or think different things or whatever, but we're still all people. And if you travel and visit those people in their, where they are, you see that there's more that ties us together than it is that 
keeps us apart. And I think travel is the thing that we, especially for kids, it is the education that we, that our kids deserve. So do it, just do it. <laughs> you sound like a politician there, Mary. So eloquent and so inspiring. <laughs> you know, I want to do it. I want to do it. Just based on that speech alone, I want to keep happening. So <laughs> thank you, Mary. Definitely very, very, very inspiring. Uh, so if people want to connect with you and to read how you did it, uh, you are, you're not just the just do it person, you're the just did it person. So how can they connect with you on your website, your social media? How can they follow along on your previous journey and the journeys to come? Uh, you can find me on my blog. It's Mary About Town, and my name is Mary, M-E-R-R-Y, like Christmas. So it's maryabouttown.com, and then you can find me on all the social media channels at Mary120. So M-E-R-R-Y-120. There you go. You made it easy. Made it easy. Universally across the board, the same username on all social yeah. media. And I'll have the link below to uh, Mary's website uh, so you can follow along on her amazing adventures that she's had and she's continuing to have and will have in the future as well. So thank you, Mary, for being on the show here today. It's always great to connect with you. And we're almost doing these annual checkups. We had one in 2017. We're having one here in 2018. We'll have to bring you back in 2019 again to see where the world is taking you. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so stay tuned. Stay tuned for part number three, Mary in 2019. So we'll, we'll bring her back. Uh, so thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode. Uh, make sure you follow along on Mary's adventures. Make sure you follow us along as well here as we travel around Taiwan. And we'll be in the Philippines next week. And we'll be exploring more of Southeast Asia and beyond. Uh, so thanks for tuning in. And we'll catch up with you guys in the next episode of Digital Nomad Mastery, the podcast and the video cast where we teach you how to make money traveling the world. Happy travels, everyone. See you in the next episode.